0: Greetings, book lovers everywhere, and welcome to E-Train Talks. Now, you all know who I am. I'm E-Train, 11-year-old literacy advocate, blah, 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 blah. Today, let's get right to it. Today is seriously a fantastic day, because not only is this an interview, but it's the second episode of the Rumor Has It series. And I'm also extremely thrilled, because I'm zooming in from the great country of Canada, eh? For the second time, drum roll, please. The entertainingly wonderful author and illustrator. That's right. He's an illustrator, too. Of Group. a books, including the fabulous Ed Watson. Ooh, ah. The Hockey Super 6 series, which I don't have with me.
1: We're out here someplace. Wait, I got a couple copies here. This yes. is what it looks like.
0: There we go. And the Neil Flam books, which I also don't have
1: yeah i don't know if I have a...
0: wow just from this introduction i look. Like, i know that my tbr is going to be through the roof because kevin has so many books for all of you to read and me as well and of course the one and only one of my top five favorite books of 2022 apartment 713
1: Golly, my my goodness that is a heck of an introduction he trained thank you so much
0: Well, thank you for joining me. I'm super duper thrilled because, as I said, Apartment 713, not just one of my top favorite books of this year, but also it's probably one of my favorite books ever. It really tackles the theme of time travel brilliantly. And I've never read a book like it. I've read so many novels and they're all really unique in their own ways. But Apartment 713 is just unique in a way that I've never read anything like it. Golly. And I hope that one day there will be a lot more books like Apartment 713. And everybody, I know I've mentioned it before, but I just want to say that for those who are listening who aren't aware, Kevin is not only a fantastic storyteller, there's more to that. He's also a talented artist and illustrator. Yep. He's definitely a smile sharer and a kindness hero for sure. So thank you for always lifting up our days with your charming artwork, and I've been anxious to talk to Kevin because rumor has it he has a new book out, and my listeners and I want to hear all about it. So without further delay, all right, can you tell us about your new book.
1: So what do you want to throw my way first?
0: So speaking of a reading, yeah. we're actually going to dive into that right now. If you're oh, okay, a yeah, book, I'm okay with 13 that. Thirteen excerpt, everybody, and it's all written right. by Kevin himself.
1: Let me set it up for the, I'm just going to do a very short reading. Um, but the idea is that there is a kid named Jake Simmons and he's living in this junky old apartment building. There's Jake on the cover. And you can see that in the, like the building is like gross and dirty and falling apart and covered in bird poop and windows are cracked. He hates it, but his, he's there because his mom has lost her job. Her girlfriend left. Everything's just kind of like falling apart and Jake is being carried along in his mom's bed. Way you know, bad luck, I guess is what she calls it. And so um, he doesn't like this apartment building, but he just can't stand sticking around the apartment all the time. So he eventually helps the superintendent, Danny, to sort of take care of all the weird things that suddenly emerge about this building, like weird hidden elevators and weird hidden, you know, animal mouths that open up and reveal the garbage chute and the strange people that live there. And what happens, this is not a spoiler alert, but what happens is that Jake starts to have a change of heart and he kind of likes the people that live there. They're weird and quirky and down on their luck, but they've got kind of a charm that he falls in love with. And he starts maybe even starting to fall in love with the building. But then one day he is visiting Danny down in the superintendent's office and they get a letter that says the Regency, the building that they live in, is going to be torn down. And bun, he,
0: bun,
1: bun. Exactly. He's devastated. Danny's devastated. Now, there's one thing he's told. There's a, like, it's, Down at the superintendent's office, there's a whole bunch of buttons that light up if somebody needs help in their apartment. And one of those is completely taped over and it's the light for apartment 713. And in fact, Danny at one point says to, to Jake, you can't go in there. You're not allowed to go in there. You can't go in there. It's off limits. But this is going to bring me to my reading, so let me pull out my e train bookmark, and I'll pick it up here and do a very quick reading so Jake sitting down, so Jake is sitting in the superintendent's office, and the light starts flashing. Jake got on his tiptoes, peering at the board to make sure yes, the light was blinking on and off, growing brighter each time. the layers of ancient tape came loose and floated to the ground so he figures that it could be danny calling him from apartment 713 so he grabs the keys and he runs up he knocked on delaney's door that's one of the guys who lives on the seventh floor there was no answer so he wasn't in there danny wasn't in there then jake heard a faint hum and leaned his ear to the door but the hum wasn't coming from delaney's apartment it was coming from across the hall and apartment 713 jake turned and walked up to the door The hum was very low from deep inside. He leaned an ear against the wood. It felt warm. His toes felt warm. Jake looked down. A weak strip of yellowish light now snuck out from underneath. It spread bit by bit across the floor and up the door. The places where the light hit seemed less worn, less marked up. The brass doorknob was suddenly shinier. The tattered wallpaper around the doorframe seemed to have been repaired and cleaned. This is weird, Jake whispered. He raised his hand to a knock. The keys clutched between his fingers, but then he heard voices inside, talking excitedly, arguing, and suddenly there was a loud crash and a cry of, Help! Help! Someone needed something, and it was up to Jake to see who and what that was. He jammed the key into the lock and he turned it. The door swung open, pulling Jake along with it. He'd stumbled onto a carpeted floor and the door slammed shut behind him. Oh no, he'd left the keys in the lock. He reached back and grabbed the doorknob and pulled and pulled and pulled, but it refused to open. There was an even louder scream from inside the apartment that made the hairs on his neck stand up. He'd made a terrible mistake. He'd thought he could help, but now he was trapped. Jake, you doofus, he said. He heard footsteps. He didn't dare turn around. The door refused to open and Danny had told him not to go into apartment 713. And Jake was about to find out the horrible reason why. Da, 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 da. Yes,
0: cute. Some very ominous music for that. And what a cliffhanger. And everybody, to find out what happens next, I'm sure you're all dying to know because Kevin left you on a very suspenseful cliffhanger. I mean, now I need to read the book again because that's your reading is so. You must have had a lot of practice because yeah. you've done some visits.
1: Well, and I did the audiobook. So actually, if you're interested oh, wow. in audio books, I did the reading for the audiobook for this one as well, which was really cool because you're sort of, it's weird to, to, so what happens is that as a writer, you often finish the book months ahead of time. And so I actually hadn't really looked at it until we went into the studio and I read it again. And the bad part of that is that there were some small things I would probably change mm. in the book. Like just tiny things that I might change in the book based on how it sounded when I read it out loud.
0: That's so awesome that you get to do the audiobook readings. And I saw on Twitter that so many book lovers absolutely adore the audiobooks. Yeah.
1: So, it's been nice. it's you been do you nice. do
0: the audiobooks for every single book you write?
1: I have done it for a couple. I did it for the first Neil Flambe book, Neil Flambe and the Marco Polo murders. And then I did it for this one. But those actually I think they're the only two audiobooks that I have audiobooks are a weird mm-hmm. esoteric world that I don't totally understand. I'm more interested in book books with pictures and things like that. So,
0: yeah. And speaking of those pictures, did you do the cover <laughs> art for apartment 713?
1: I did. Yeah. I did uh, a, a lot of um the, it went, we went through a lot of different versions of it, but I always had the idea of seeing the apartment building both in Jake's time and uh, in the past. It's a time travel book, as you said. And so I wanted there to be a kind of um, like, almost like you could see time moving back and forth if you looked at the cover between the building now and the building then, and the buildings behind it then and now and everything else. So it is almost exactly the image I had in my imagination, which does not always happen as you're working out ideas on paper. So, but yeah, the other cool thing that the publisher did is that they actually put glass in the windows. So there you can see it there. Oh wow. Yeah, So you can actually see the glass in the windows. And a little secret. If you open up the book. To like one on top of the other.
0: That is awesome. And your cover art is. It's a lot more different than. Many 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 others that I've seen. Hmm. It's just. So much goes into it. So much thought. And. As a very bad artist, I wouldn't have thought of doing a, a kind of like a an after than before of apartment of um the Regency. And yeah. you have a very talented eye for details. So props. Look
1: at I, I think I said this the last time we chatted. You're not a bad artist. There's nobody who's a bad artist. What happens yeah. is that people think they're bad at art because they have an idea that what they're doing on paper isn't matching. Mm-hmm. You are fine as an artist, trust me. And you and I could do a cartooning class sometime where I guarantee you, you would go, oh, oh, that's what I'm doing. And you'll be like, you will accept and love the artwork you're doing. For me, it's all about experimenting. And I do a lot of sketches when I'm working on an idea and I do a lot of mistakes, mistakes, which are things that don't end up in the, in the final version but that I did over and over and over again. So that's basically that's, you know, look, the other, the other thing I'll say is that one of the things that I wish I could go back and tell myself when I was a kid was that you should use reference. There's a snobbery about artists using even tracing pictures. Oh, that's not real art. You're faking it. No, you're not. If you want to draw a building, look at buildings, take pictures of buildings, copy buildings. Know what a building looks like. Same thing with faces, hands, arms, animals, whatever. Use reference to make your art better. Love there. that and practice you know, so thank really you for does. My, to my TED Talk.
0: <laughs> And speaking of reference and buildings and pictures, was the Regency a real? building or is a real building that really inspired you your regency
1: the regency is based on uh, I love architecture but I love architecture and this comes through in the book I hope I love architecture that serves a purpose Uh, public buildings I love public buildings and I grew up just outside Buffalo and so we used to go with our friend Jack Kelly we would go often for Thanksgiving dinner, and then after dinner to eat, you know, walk off all the turkey we just ate, we would go walk around and look at the Frank Lloyd Wright buildings and the Louis Sullivan uh, skyscrapers. And there's one building in particular that I, when I do school visits, I talk about it. It's called the uh, Guarantee Building or the Prudential Building. And what I love about this, I love everything about this building. But when you're, uh, let's say, three four, you notice that there are a gazillion details, the entire front, of the building the entire outside of the building is made of terracotta tiles in this incredibly elaborate weaving in and out pattern and it's a louis sullivan was the architect and it is one of the most amazing buildings in the world it's still used as an office building every little detail from light fixtures to the floor tiles to the elevators everything is designed to make you experience a kind of otherworldliness I don't know if that's the right word, but a kind of, this is not just a building. And I use it as a metaphor because to me, that building is exactly what an approach to life is like, which is that always look closer. So if you were looking at that building from four blocks away, you'd think it's just a building, but the closer you get and the more detailed and deeper you look, the more you discover. It's the same with people. When people reject, you know, people might say, oh, you're that kid who does the podcast and I don't like that. Or they might say to me when I was growing up, you're that goofy kid that never talks to anybody. You sit in the corner and draw all the time. They're judging you based on one thing. And instead, if they look closer, they'll discover all the layers of who you are and what you're interested in and what you can do and what you know. And the people that do that are the people that make the world a better place. So,
0: that is you. an awesome metaphor that I need to use more in life because it's so true. There's so, a lot, lot more than meets the eye. And mm-hmm. you got to really get to know someone before you can judge someone like a seven layer cake. I guess there's so many layers of us. Exactly. And even if you might not like the look of the cake on the outside you might like the taste on the inside i'm not the best at
1: metaphors are you kidding me you could totally write a story based on that i want to see the novel about a baker who baked like we always have like you know there's always like stories where someone goes back in time and they have some special knowledge like someone who ran a horse race you know and then they're oh they won the horse race i'll bet on that horse race and back
0: to the future
1: yeah a little bit right like you know he knows stuff and I'm sort of, with, with this one, I'm like, Jake knows nothing. <laughs> He's just like, why would he? Like, if I said to you, like, you know, name a famous battle from World War One or something. You might know some. You might, because of the, you're so curious. But, like, most kids are going to be like, what? World War what? Like, they probably know a little bit about it, but not enough to be of any use. And Jake is utterly useless. But, of course, luckily, he meets somebody named Beth who lives in the building, who's very smart and and knows a lot about what's going on in the world and kind of helps Jake together. Together, this is a story about two yeah. kids. And they together try and figure out what the heck is going on.
0: Well, very, very luckily, because if Jake didn't meet Beth, and he didn't even know what the bee's knees meant, then yeah. he would definitely not have fit in in that time period. And he wouldn't have learned what a chocolate malt it is. So... Oh.
1: That's a definitely uh, memory of my childhood moment. I had to put a malted in there. They heard my mom use. Oh, wow. Which is why I knew that that was one that I would throw in there.
0: Yeah. And so your story, I have to say it, it was the bee's knees. And there are so many intriguing plot twists throughout Apartment 713. And when I say so many, I mean a lot. Like that ending, I'm sorry to keep to keep you like oh I want to know what the ending is everybody but so good <laughs> one of the best endings and most heartwarming that I've ever read in a time travel story it's a time travel story everybody yet yeah, it still touched my heart more than a lot of other books I've read and your the book it's very mind blowing and it's just always brilliant it's brilliantly written from beginning to end, relatable characters, cool words that I had never known before, and I liked it so much I chose it for my book report. Where for so for a month we have to write in school entries about books that we read, and of course I chose Apartment Seven Hundred Thirteen. And anyway, do you always try to incorporate massive plot twists in your stories? I play- so my next question before we get into our rapid fire questions. Ooh is when you write stories like apartment 713 do you kind of see a movie playing in your mind with the characters and the setting and did you have did you like go back to the building that really inspired the regency back near buffalo yes or did you just go to like many many other places and the internet of course
1: yeah, I would say first of all the answer to answer the second part many places every every city I've ever lived in or visited there are both beautiful buildings that exist but everybody also knows about beautiful buildings that don't exist anymore. And so oh, I yeah.
0: you
1: know there's always everybody's like oh there used to be this great building there and it got torn down for a parking lot or something. Every city has that. And so it's the sense of both loss uh, that I wanted to talk about with the building, like what happens when you lose a beautiful building like that. Um, so that was definitely in in the book. And so I would say that I didn't have necessarily have to go back to that building because that building I've seen so many times and it's in my heart. I did go back after I wrote the book just to look at it and take some pictures of it for our school presentations. Um, but uh, wait, what was the first part? <laughs> I sort of jumped <laughs> second part well, there.
0: The, yeah um when you write stories do movies kind of play in your head
1: oh yeah so what ha- it's a good question because i would say that no what happens is yeah. that a thousand different possible images pop into my head and usually what'll happen is that i'll write them down like th- it was actually originally called room 713 Ooh. yeah i cut out room and wrote apartment because room Sounded too much like a hotel. Yeah. And so what I do is I write them down. And then I would say I organize them into what's important and what's not. And then by the end, when I read it, like when I did the audiobook, then I would say I have a movie going through my mind.
0: Yeah. That well, that's... Sense. Well, to all three of my kind of compact questions, such great answers. And before we dive into rapid fire... I just one more thing. Yeah. Get, get ready. ready. I just wanted to say that apartment 713, it's made me think a lot. Like, I feel like one of the metaphors that we haven't talked about yet is like buildings and people aren't that much different. They mm-hmm. get torn down. They get built up. And it's about the people who are connected to us. They make us stronger. So
1: yep. 100%.
0: That's another metaphor for a metaphor bakery, and that was and the metaphors that were baked in your story idea. And now, I had wearing my Seahawks bow tie and everything. I had to just bring up. Wait,
1: I gotta get my little yeah bobblehead. I'm
0: ready. (laughs) Love that. So the Bills they almost lost to the Lions last week on Thanksgiving um they lost the jets yeah. and they they also Justin Jefferson who's on my fantasy football team demolished them he was um
1: unbelievable in that game
0: he was so do you think the bills are still a leading super bowl contender with everything that's kind of happened josh allen's shoulder injury
1: and all that yep yeah i do because they've they've won uh games where they shouldn't have won and probably lost games where they should have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Minnesota game, it took Jefferson a game like that to beat them.
0: That's true. That
1: was an overtime loss and you don't feel too bad about those. So honestly, but it's the NFL. Anybody can win it. Like, yeah, do I think since, do I think the Rams are going to, the Rams aren't even going to make the playoffs this year. Like, so the, the possibilities are endless. So are <laughs> they a contender? Yes, they are a contender. <laughs> Even my dog agrees. Why?
0: <laughs> well, I, I agree with you. I have to. The Bills are definitely a top Super Bowl contender, and they. Sh- I feel like they should have been in the Super Bowl last year, except the coin toss and the Chiefs. Sorry okay. to bring up those bad memories, but
1: bad. you know what? That's the thing. It's not a bad memory. If 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 everything is only about winning, whatever. They're fun to watch. Josh Allen That's is. True. I expect nothing. So everything they achieve is fun to watch.
0: That's true. It's a great way to think about it. Although when I watch football, I kind of get a little bit into it. Like that Raiders Seahawks loss. I've received a lot of, because so I live in the California where everybody likes the 49ers, at least in Northern California. And as the lone Seahawks fan, it's been kind of rough after that loss
1: because they're all going to ride you about it, right?
0: Yeah, they definitely razz me to no end. Yeah. And, but I, I also just want to, when I don't really care what team wins, it's always just fun to watch football and yeah. it can bring people together. Um, even people who like, all, ha, like rivals. I mean, the rivalries kind of also bring you together. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, all right, let's do rapid fire. Yeah, right. Let's
0: do it. All right. I did not send Kevin these questions. So these are all to me coming from the top of his mind. All right. The first one, what is your favorite book from your childhood?
1: Uh, the Pooh. I love the Ernest uh, E.H. Shepard illustrations. And I always loved those books. The old, old Winnie the Poohs.
0: I agree. The Winnie the Pooh is excellent. And now what do you like to do when you're not writing?
1: Play hockey. I play hockey about three times a week. Or I watch baseball. I watch about four thousand baseball games a summer. If I could watch every baseball game simultaneously all summer long, I'd probably do it.
0: <laughs> so are you a Blue Jays fan or are you I'm a that?
1: nobody fan. I I uh, I grew up in Buffalo. We don't really have we have a good triple A team, which is the Jays farm team, but um I just okay. like baseball. So I tend to sort of like root for players and just love watching baseball.
0: I agree. Baseball people say it's boring. It is not boring. It's awesome.
1: Although, it is boring. But it's not boring uh, if you watch it the right way. Anything boring if you don't like it.
0: Mm-hmm. That That's right. And what are you currently reading?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, right now, what am I reading right now? I just finished the Wandless series by Tony D. Terlizzi, which I loved. Um, I'd been reading it in bits over the years and loved that book series. Uh, what else am I reading right now? Ooh, I wrote a read a book called um, uh, The Signs and Wonders of Tuna Rashad, which I really liked by Natasha Dean. It's more of a YA book. Mm-hmm. And then also Ghost Light by Ken Opal. My friend Ken Opal wrote yeah. a great book called Ghost Light.
0: I've seen a lot about Kenneth Opal's new Ghost Light, and I it's, definitely need to read it.
1: It's creepy and fun.
0: Well, I love creepy and fun. Not horror, like screaming and fun, but creepy and fun is nice. Good. And what's your favorite movie?
1: 2001, A Space Odyssey.
0: I think I've seen that. My dad would definitely know about that movie.
1: It's boring. It's like a baseball game, about about space. But for some reason, it's captured my imagination. I've seen it more than any other movie. But the movie that I reference in every single book I've ever written is The Wizard of Oz.
0: And how, how, like, are there you? what stories have really been the biggest, what was your first book? Like, and also was the first book that you actually wrote published or is it still packed away somewhere?
1: Oh, that's a good point. The first novel I ever wrote has not been published. It's about a kid who fights dragons. Um, And it's just not that good, but it was good to finish it because I learned a lot through the experience. Mm -hmm. And then the first novel that I wrote that got published was Neil Flambe, number one. And uh, that's obviously still out there. And there are six, six books total in that series.
0: Woo! And I have six books to read because I haven't read the Neil Flambe. Zed,
1: you like spooky and fun. It's a, they have to spend Zed. And-
0: I know that if I was friends with Zed, I would be dragged along in their enthusiasm because Zed is also just such a lovable character. And thank you and now of course you gotta keep it rapid fire so right. if you could choose three people to invite for a dinner party who would they be and
1: why? Ooh, Stan Lee because uh, he was a huge influence on me growing up as a, as an artist and writer I love Spider-Man for example uh, Maury Sendak because he's probably my favorite illustrator of all time
0: and is this weird but like there's this smell that I love of a new book Like,
1: not weird at all <laughs>
0: All right. Glad to know that there's someone in the same boat as me. And cats or dogs?
1: Uh, dogs. I have a dog named Gimli who you heard barking earlier. Yeah.
0: I, I'm a kind of a cat person, but I love both. So, yeah. And Let's... in honor of December being the month of holiday cheer, what is your favorite holiday tradition? If you have any.
1: Uh, we do a porch on Thanksgiving or on Halloween. Sorry. Baz and I always, <clears throat> And know actually the whole family, we do a weird porch. You can go on my Facebook page and there's pictures from the years past. There's always a theme. This year it was a Scarbucks, which was a, a coffee <laughs> shop. And we would serve coffee and candy.
0: I love that. Scarbucks. What a name. What, what was, Wow. I can think of so many Halloween puns right now.
1: Yeah. There were a lot of puns. That's Usually a puns galore.
0: Yeah. I love puns. They're very punny. And my dad... <laughs> Kind of hates them because I do them so much, but that's you
1: know, that's a funny inversion. You're doing the dad jokes and yeah. dad's like, nah, not into it.
0: Yeah, it is. It is pretty silly. He comes with he comes in with the dad jokes sometimes as well, and good for him. And just I've got to say, yay! Like I love all of your answers to all my questions, mm-hmm. and it has been a blast as always talking with you, Kevin okay. and everybody. If you haven't read the fabulous Ed Watson, apartment 700-